ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. Today I sat down with Annie Gastelum. We talked about family tradition, photography in the outdoors, and the importance of support in our family and in our hunting community. All right, everybody, tonight I get to talk with Annie Gastelum, and she is from Arizona. She is a self-proclaimed mountain girl, lover of photography, and hunter, and I am honored to have you chit-chat with me. Thank you, Amy. I'm really honored myself, too. This is when you asked to have me come on and be a part of this, uh, I was on board right away. Well, I you sparked an interest in me because, A, I'm a woman, you're a woman, we're both hunters, but we both love photography. And that, my eyes went really big when I'm when I saw your page and looking through all of your stuff and it just, um, you stood out. So I'm excited that we're able to, to sit down and talk. Yes, me too. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay. Well, let's jump in. I'd like for you to kind of give us all, um, a little bit of background on you and how you, um, who you are and how you were first kind of inspired into the outdoors. Well, I am Annie Gastelum, and I uh, have enjoyed hunting ever since my father. He's he's the one that, um, since we were young, I probably would say like six, always um, out taking a ride in the hills, up washes with the twenty-two. He had this rifle, and that's where what we learned with and started. Um, to take off from that and teaching us and the respect of it. And so since then, it's been part of how we were raised. So it's just always been a part of me. And I'm thankful for that because it's why I am who I am today, which I love hunting. That's a a definitely big part of my life of who makes me me. Yeah, definitely outdoor girl and and hunting i love that now you've got are there four siblings yes i have an older sister i'm middle and then a brother and then a sister and they all love the outdoors my brother he's my best friend and my hunting buddy and uh my gosh uh, they all love being outdoors too my sisters but they're not too much for the hunting part but they'll go out and participate um I keep sometimes hoping one day they'll want to, but just them being out there with me too and my brother, it, it's a family thing. It's a family affair. All the pictures that I see, you're with your sisters and um, 
and your brother. And I love that part of it because it's, I'm being a first generation hunter myself. It's something that I look forward to for my kids, um, that they can do things together like this. And it's, it's exciting to see you do that. Thank you. I know we are, thank, we are very close and I'm glad that whatever we do together besides other things, besides being outdoors and the hunting part, mostly my brother and I, and, um, is a great experience all the time. And, and this actually would be, uh, my brother's wife's first hunt. Oh. And it's our, it's a mule deer hunt, which is my hunt too, but it's her first hunt together with me and this, and it's, I'm pretty excited. So she's, wow. She, you know, take, taking on to this and liking it. So it's like, it's, you know, kind of feel like, well, now I have somebody, even though I have my sisters, but she is my sister-in-law. So that's, you know, but, um, yeah, I'm so excited. This will be fun. You know, I'm, I'm excited to get out there with her and hopefully things, um, go in her favor for her first being a hunt hunting. So hopefully it'll all come together and that'll be a good, good day. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah. We're looking forward to that. So it's coming up November 1st. That's not far. Not far. No, I'm just, I get so antsy during this time. It's like once fall starts coming along, like September is still really warm here in Arizona, but it's like my body shifts into a different gear. I'm like, Oh yes, it's coming around the corner. And I, it's just a, it's a different feeling for me because mm-hmm. I, I can't really do anything much out during the summertime. It's too hot. And I spend most of my time every other weekend besides looking forward to the hunt, but out hiking, I like to go to different trails, you know, different um, Catalina State Park and small, that's really one of my favorite places, but just to get out and just take a ride, take some steaks and just get out there and just enjoy that fresh mountain air and the serenity and peacefulness. It's my calming place. It's my therapy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're not the only one in our community that feels that way. It's a, it's definitely a, um, it's a calming place. It's a soothing place and it's a place that you can kind of reconnect before going back into the world that is chaotic. It, it is because once I'm out there, it's like everything, whatever I might be feeling, it's gone. It's just, it's just me and mother nature and that's it. That's where my happy place is. Mm-hmm. Truly, it's. Now you said that you've got, um, your dad was a big influence in your life for the outdoors and hunting. Did you, was there ever a woman in, um, your life that hunted um or was in the outdoors that mentored you in any way well actually no because um my mom she's she likes the outdoors but she's never been that you know that type and my sisters but um even when I was little I remember my dad and you know my his getting ready for his hunts and I'm like I want to go and he'd be all no you'd be the only girl and you know and I every time it come around I'm like dad I want to go and no and and finally I think after I graduated was when I um put put in for my first um hunt and um did a couple of hunts with my dad and and I think it was just kind of a little bit different maybe because I was older already too but um no it was really my dad he's just um very big in the outdoors and shared so much of what I know. And that's where I like to share that with others. And even with my family, my nieces and nephew, and and, um, it's, it's so important because if kids, it's, you know, you can do a lot of things with your children or just, you know, whatever other kids in general, but just getting them outdoors, showing them, that whole aspect of it and what it offers and, and teaching uh, tools that will help them, you know, fun things for survival, but also just for the respect of it. You know, it's, um, if you can put those qualities and instill them, those are things that they will never forget. 
it's just one thing like with all that my dad taught it's it's always embedded in my my mind it's it's I, so many things I can think like, oh my gosh, I remember that. Oh, and, and so it's nice. I can teach that and pass that along. Yep. You're not, you're not the only one, especially, I mean, if we, if we talk about our generation, um, just growing up in the eighties, that wasn't for me, there were no women that I even knew who were interested in it. Um, I think I had a friend whose mom was from Boston, and I think she hunted, but it was it was one of those things that she never talked about it. I really didn't know about it, and um, and it was just not something that the girls, like you said, you'd be the only girl, and. Yeah. Um, and as a young person, eight, nine, ten into the teens before you graduate, it's, it is kind of one of those things. Well, if there's not another girl going, I don't know. I don't know. It's, (laughs) it's something that we kind of faced back then. Yeah. And I didn't mind. I was, you know, I was with my dad, my uncles. It was always a a entourage, my brother, uh, my dad and his brothers and some friends. And it's so, so impressive, their camp that they would set up. It, they had the old um, canvas tent that with the stove in it and that they used it for how many years until it just like had holes in it. Like, and people would be so impressed, like going by their camp and like, gosh, you know, you guys, you know, who, what's this kind of setup? We have to stop and see what's going on here. And, and my dad loved to cook. So he, they, I mean, and I even still to this day, when we go hunting, we eat good. You know, we take, I mean, the steaks and you name it. We, we eat good. It's nothing as, um, what is it? What do I would say? Uh, we don't skimp on anything. You know, we don't. <laughs> no. I, you're we're gore, you're gourmet out there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But definitely my dad was like the, the chef and cook and. Uh, we, I've learned to do that too. I love to cook and grill and stuff like that. And it's, I'm not afraid to do any of that. Mm -mm. I love that, uh, (laughs) the way that you talk, it seems like there's been tradition involved around hunt camp and it just passes down. Yeah. Oh, definitely tradition. It's, uh, it's, so many stories that if I could have longer than, I don't know, what do you give an hour? Yeah. <laughs> we can go as long as you want to. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, wow. It's just wonderful memories that just, they, they really stay in your heart. It's nice to have those, especially now that my dad's passed and gone. So I really hold on to a lot of things that he taught me. And it's just wonderful that he shared those with me because when I'm out there and I'm doing what I do and, and what, what I love, it's like, gosh, you know, it's just, I, I, I take so much with pride and, and, um, to heart of all the things that, you know, my dad gave to us, you know, and now to just be able to do for my family or friends or whoever, it's nice to share that it's important. You know, there's not that much that with this world or what of that kind of kindness or that goes around, you know, so. I'm always open for helping anybody. So, yeah. What are some of the, um, I was, I was kind of a late starter of hunting, Mm -hmm. but I can still remember some of those beginning lessons that might've been a little difficult, um, or might have been a little bit of a struggle going through, but those lessons have stuck around a little bit. Um, yeah. What are some of those for you? Do you have any that are right off the top of your head? Um, definitely with first time learning how to shoot, you know, because it's, um, it's, a, it's a weapon that it's, you know, it kills. So it's something that is, has to be taken with respect and, um, but but when you're taught well and you're you learn and you practice it's you know it it helps because then you're kind of get away from that fear and don't let that intimidate you you have to um it you have to learn it it's it's 
the only is, and it's for your safety and for anything else around you. So, so for that would be probably the only thing. There's probably other things that I can't think right now off the top of my head. You know, it's one of those things that when you get into a hunt, um, when you start, you know, from A to Z, um, as you pass through each of those points, whether it's um, stalking or searching or finding and um, having your target, shooting, what packing out, like whatever that you're doing, as you go through those steps, those little lessons creep back in. Okay, dad yeah. did it this way and he taught me this way and this is how you hold your knife and this is how you um you set yourself up and this is ha- and it's you don't necessarily think, "Oh, dad taught me this," but if you looked back, you go, "Okay, mm-hmm. I do this because this is the way he taught me." Um yeah. and that's how we kind of keep those people in our lives. Um they it's kinda, true. That's- they whisper to us during those times. Definitely. It's um, exactly like you say, it's um, something that's part of them that still I keep alive in me. And those are all important and play a factor in all that I do because a lot of it, what I do now is because it's what I was taught. So if I wasn't, you know, and I don't know, if I would even be hunting or like the outdoors, but being that dad, you know, done what he done for us, it's, it's, I like it. And that's what I've always enjoyed and part of who I am. Right. So I'm right. grateful for that. Now, did you always grow up in the, um, Arizona, in the state of Arizona? Yeah. Arizona, my home state. Yes. And small little town called Mammoth. <laughs> That's uh, not too many people can say that, that they have stayed in the same area because, I mean, if you're saying that you started when you were six years old in that same area and, and hunting the same places, you yeah. should, you probably know those places like the back of your hand. Yeah. There are a lot of roads and places that, yeah, I, this is. But right where I live, the, I'm nestled in the Galero Mountains, and those are like, there's a lot of beautiful places. I've traveled before, too, but it's nothing like home. And But definitely got to enjoy doing some traveling. But being home, is it's um, where my heart is. I yeah. get that. <laughs> Lots of memories, definitely. Mm-hmm. Those mountains, if they could talk, because there's a lot of, hunting stories from them too. Just amazing stories. I can imagine you walking up on the same trail and thinking back over all of the footsteps that you've traveled with your dad and your brother and, um, hunting and uncles and, um, and passing by certain locations and remembering those, those stories and those memories. Oh, definitely. Those always come back. And that's another thing. Once we're in our camp, we're just, that's the thing. We all reminisce and um, go back to different things of different hunts. And it's just, it's so heartwarming. It's just like, gosh, oh, and things that I might've kind of forgotten a little bit. I was like, oh, really? That's, that's right. That happened. And oh my gosh. And it just takes us all back. And it's just nice to really um, reminisce and bring back those memories. And especially when you're, when you're in that environment, when we're in our hunt camp, it's, it's what it's all about. You know, it's the, camaraderie of just everybody you know family and friends and and we do we don't just have um family we have friends that come our camp and you know help out even last year on my hunt I had some some friends and my relatives there along that helped and it was just so much fun it's just it's a lot fun when you can bring people together that way yep well and it takes it back man it, it takes it back to ancestors because that's how we pass our history down is through stories and um, the repetition and and honestly you can say those anywhere you can be in your home and and say those things but it's um your senses when you're out at camp 
are so heightened because you're smelling the same smells, you're feeling the same feelings, and more details come out from your memory because it's triggered with those things. You said that, just nailed that because (laughs) exactly what it is. It's like that campfire, you know, the smell of coffee, you know, percolating on the campfire. It's, you know, yeah, it's just all those little things that bubble up and just come, you know, bring all these um, from different sounds and smells. And, and there was a one point that part of my life that I thought I wasn't going to hunt anymore. And um, I just didn't think I would ever go hunting again. It just, um, I had went through something that was traumatic and, for me, I thought that was the end for me on on ever going hunting. And this happened um, May 3rd on, of 2013. Um, my husband, my late husband, he suffered many years with depression and alcohol and drugs and um, had other attempts in trying to end his life. And it uh, was a long road for for myself and for him but his uh his suffering ended when he he uh took his life on that friday and the hard part was because i was there and i witnessed that happen and i uh going through all of that i got rid of my gun and didn't want to even look at a gun or pick up a gun or have to do anything with a gun ever again and I was angry with it and and I just um oh but I knew time would go by and knowing that with as time went on it was four years after his he had passed I I knew that we were maybe come another time just because I knew who who I am. I knew, I know what I love to do and that's hunting and being outdoors and, and doing all that. And, um, my brother had a antelope hunt in Montana and he asked me to come along and I was so glad to go along and be a part of this hunt with him. And, uh, I just, a little bit shaky here. I'm sorry, bear with me. That's okay. Um, when I got, we got there, he had said that he, he surprised me and that he got a tag for me too. And, uh, I was like elated. It was just like an antelope tag. I was thinking I could, this can't happen. This isn't happening. And, and it was a, a look that I gave my brother and the look that he knew I gave him was that meant that I'd have to, you know, pick up a gun again. And, and, um, and he knew it was a difficult thing for me, but I've been kind of in my mind preparing myself because I thought maybe someday I will get back out there and do this. I didn't want to let the fear of that hold me back. And, uh, you know, I got to practice a little bit and, and it was hard because, you know, it's just part of feelings came back, you know, obviously triggers up all of all of that and and um it just uh it was hard but I just in a sense it kind of felt like a relief and it felt felt good and it just as because it four years had passed already I kind of been mentally kind of preparing myself that this is something that I would you know do again because it's what I like to do and who I am and I uh, went on an antelope hunt. I, I, my brother, that opening day, he he killed that morning, and afternoon came, and our guide Richard was such a nice guy. He he had me. Uh, it was pretty tough hunt. I mean, those goats are pretty fast. Yeah, and uh, and I ended up tagging one out. I that that was. Uh, a momentous, mo- momentous moment for me. It was, 
it was still so emotional. I feelings that I were going through me were just like so much of tears and so much of joy and still some of a little bit regret because I just, and even then my, you know, my husband, he did love hunting too. And we did go on hunts together too. Uh, just a flood of, of everything came over me. And, but I was like, but I can do this. I, I can, I can move forward. And I, you know, I was moving forward, making those steps for myself because, and it, it's a, a process. And even though it's been six years, it's still, I've come a long way and, but still it's a process for me. And it's a, it's a healing thing that I, I, um, will constantly need and something that I know that's permanent and won't ever go away. And that stays in my mind is always that still that picture because um regardless even still now you know respecting this piece of weapon what it does it's important to really get help in in learning of the safety of it because it's it is something that it's for that purpose but unfortunately it's purpose the purpose of others that are mentally not well it's a a means for them for a way out and but that's not what that is for and it's not its fault it's just when somebody's not well and they're ill it's just um I had to go through all these different Mm -hmm. channels and I did go through therapy and to get help and it's still though I'm still it's still hard sometimes you know a lot of things still trigger, you know, the gunpowder smell, the, the sound of it, you know, just it, it's still for me, I have to still prepare mentally my mind that this is going to go off. This is going to do this. This is going to happen. And just so I can, you know, prepare myself and not just like, you know, it's harder when things are just, you know, unexpected. That's even worse because it's, you know, it's unexpected and it, right. it's, it's scary, but if I can, if I'm knowing and I'm preparing myself and I'm like, okay, this is going to happen, Annie, this is what you're going to have to do. It's, it's still that process for me, but it's what I do and it's who I am. So I'm not, you know, I won't hold back and let that hold me and, and um, imprison me for, you know, not doing what I like to do. And so that road for, even still the road that I'm on on that is still, it's still there. And, but I'm moving forward and I'm really in a happy place where I, I love what I do. And, um, it brings me so much happiness because it's like, I I can't deny who I am. Mm. That's true. It's true. Cause it's, well, let's, Hunting before and hunting after, um, for you, they've changed. It's not um, the things that we go through and the things that we walk through affect us, but they also mold us to who we are today. And for worse or for better, uh, we are who we are because of those things. And... um, and coming as far as you have come, um, I'm I'm grateful for your story because you're not the you're probably not the only one who's been through something traumatic like that. And yeah. for someone to be able to listen and hear and say, I have those feelings too. I have. Yeah. Um, I have those fears. I have to walk through the steps every single time of preparation, but I love what I do. I love hunting. I love being with my family. I love being with the friends and do the traditions and all of that, but it, uh, you have to prepare for it. Um, and so I'm glad that you told your story today. I'm grateful for it because of that reason. Um, 
other people can hear it and not feel so alone. Yeah. I, and I, I understand that part too. That's where it's, it's good to be able to not be afraid to share our story because it's, it's to comfort others too, because I know who knows out there people that have had struggles with family members or have already, or still going through it or have even maybe lost somebody because it's, it's, um, it's, there's so many avenues of help out there and, um, not to be afraid to reach for that and, and grab that in and get that help because, um, we, we're not alone. It's, it's nice to know that there's people out there that we, you know, we have a, we each hold our own story. We all have a story. And what I share with others, if it's to help somebody in some way, um, then I did, I did a good thing. You've done a great thing. It's a, uh, um, like you said, each one of us have our own stories. Each one of us has our own experiences and each one of us has our own things that impact our decisions and the way that we view life and the way that yeah. we, we view the things that we love to do. And so I'm grateful for your brother. I'm grateful that your yeah. brother knew when to hold back, but he also knew when to give you that little push and support that you needed that day. Oh yeah. That's why I think, you know, we've always been close and, and, um, but this trip, he might've already had it planned and I, you know, he didn't say until like we got there, mm -hmm. you know, you know, I wasn't going to be able to say, well, okay, I'm going to leave. Bye. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I'm really grateful for him and it's just opened me up to, just what I know that I needed at that time, I guess was, it was my time and I was ready. So, well, and we've talked a lot. I've talked a lot in the past little bit about how we need our tribe. We need our, yeah. our group of people who are like-minded, um, whether they're men or women, um, that we can connect to on the same level. And yeah. that's when, you know, you can be real and you can be true to yourself, but you also can get a loving kick in the pants when we need it. And, um, exactly. and so, um, I'm glad that you have that support. Um, and that's kind of why we do this podcast is because we want women, um, and men to find, yeah that support and when you don't have it within reaching distance hearing a story on a podcast that allows you to connect on a different level with somebody opens that door a little bit wider yeah i agree exactly mm -hmm. yep well do me a favor and tell me a little bit about how you got um drawn into photography oh my gosh well I couldn't even tell you how old I was, but I, once I knew I had a camera in my hand and what it could do, I was like, Oh, this little gadget's nice. I, <laughs> I agree. I've been there with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, and well, back then, you know, you had the, the film that you had to load yep. in and, and, you know, wind it and that click. And it just, I had an old Konica that I just was like loved and it just took such beautiful pictures and I don't know whatever happened to it along my moves and stuff. It got shuffled and never came up. But ever since then, I just always enjoyed capturing what my eye likes to see. And that's just life and outdoors and my family and, you know, a rock and a cactus. It's just, it's moments that I know that I just, what I see, it's like, I want to freeze it there. But it slows. I think that cameras allow, I mean, I started with 35 millimeter too, and mm -hmm. there's nothing like film. There's nothing like film and, and to shoot with film. I'm a Canon girl. You're a Nikon girl. I think. But I shot Nikon and film uh, back in the day. And so, there's, 
you have to know the science behind everything when you shoot film. And when they switched over to digital and when I switched over to digital, I think that it, um, it took a little bit of that science out of it because you can make mistakes yeah. and just shoot another picture. Um, yeah. But the ability to take more pictures is there. So it's kind of a, a double-edged sword switching over to digital. But taking taking pictures, I think it slows life down just a little bit for me. And as a photographer, yeah. you get to notice the details more. Yeah. That's what I think I just – I have always loved it it's just that you know holding that moment and knowing that if I took that then I can always go back to it it's just when you know that moment you take it's it's gone so but you take it and then you can always reflect back on it if you have that moment that you took it's, it's amazing it's very true I that's it's one of the big reasons that I was drawn to your Instagram page and to you was because I think that commonality of being a photographer and loving to take pictures and loving to be outdoors and all of that. But, um, you combine that all together. It's a good package. It's amazing. (laughs) You are correct. It's amazing. Um, and I think it connects people too, because you're able, I don't know, on, on this podcast, I'm able to help people tell their stories through photography, you get to do the same thing. Photographers are storytellers. Um, Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So you do, you do the exact same thing and, um, and you tell your stories through your pictures. Yeah, that's what's um, wonderful because, you know, it kind of gives you a little insight on somebody to what, you know, what they like and kind of like, well, their background of, you know, especially if it's more towards just, you know, hunting or animals or just, you know, or not so much. Well, yeah, people too, you know, but. Yep. It's um, somebody a little bit more. Yeah. It's a glimpse. It's a glimpse into the soul, um, whether it's the pers- a person or an animal or um, nature. I, it just it opens it up and it creates uh, a window into a piece of our lives that doesn't or might not get a whole lot of notice. Um, and a well done picture is able to be, you can find joy in that. And it's, it's just exciting. I love photography. Oh yeah. It's, and still, it's a thing that's so much still to it and I'm learning still. And, but I definitely have fun, but I definitely wish I had my old Konica. That was (laughs) my favorite, but but here we are digital age. (laughs) I know. I know. Truthfully, there's nothing like film. Um, I can't remember who I was listening to the other day, but they said, remember when, um, as a friend of mine, I think he did an Instagram story. He goes, remember when you would go and you would take your film in and it would, you would get it developed and you'd have it in that little package that was folded over and you'd go home and you'd sit down and you'd say, come on, everybody, come, come look at these pictures that I've taken. Let me tell you the story of how this day went. (laughs) And, um, and I miss that. I miss that just a little bit. Yeah. I I went through, I don't know. I had still some old rolls of film. I didn't realize. And little by little, I was just kind of getting them developed. And it was so crazy to see, you know, be able to put that film roll in the, the envelope thing and s- send it out. I was like, this is, uh, <laughs> but they still do it, I guess. They're still, uh, but I really enjoy my camera and still learning a lot with it and playing with it. So, well, and with, with hunting and with being in the outdoors, it gives you the chance to, um, it, it gives you a chance to take a step back from the viewpoint of hunting and it allows you to learn your environment and learn your subject and uh, without 
the need to go any further in that moment. And so you can pay attention more to details. Um, yeah. Whether it's a deer or it's whatever you're hunting, an elk or a moose, whatever you're photographing, it gives you a chance to, to, to take a moment and to be still and to learn. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's, it's, it's fun just because, you know, you have, you know, functions on your camera that is just, I mean, I don't even have an actual fish islands, but my camera has a function where if I take a snap of a photo, I can go to my menu and, and on that photo that I took, if I wanted to, I can make it like if I took it with a fish eye, it's, it's, it's so cool. It's just so many different things. So I'm still, like I said, I'm learning and playing with my camera and I'm, but it, I'm loving it. It's, it, but again, it's just the joy of being to do what I do. And that's part of who I am too, is I love photography. It's there. I've noticed there are some amazing hunting photographers out there and videographers. Um, and oh, definitely. just to be able to see some of their stuff is it just blows me away. Um, there's some pictures of some elk that I have. It gives me goosebumps <laughs> just because you can almost smell being there. Um, and those are experiences right? that some people <laughs> might never have, but you look at a photograph and you go, yeah. Oh my goodness. I can feel their breath on me. Um, and it's just cool. There's some people that you might never get that close to a live elk or moose or deer. You just mm -hmm. might not. And it's just have that opportunity yeah. to take that. It's pretty amazing. Yeah. 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 Oh, the, the dreams. <laughs> I know, but that's what photography does. It's like you just said, it's just that bowl that's blowing, you know, you know, mm -hmm. it's just you, you're right there in that. You can feel it and hear it. It's just, gosh, how fascinating. Yeah. It yep. Now I love that, uh, I don't know, we as women, we're, we're kind of pushing, pushing through. <laughs> yeah. Um, outside of our comfort zones, we're, we're pushing some other people outside of their comfort zones coming into the hunting community. And I think that for the most part, our community is very welcoming, um, of women and especially, I mean, you've been in it since you were little. Yeah. Um, yeah. but as a, as a late comer into it, um, or later comer into it, it has been, I don't know. I haven't felt a whole lot of, um, boundaries put up against me, um, uh -huh. as a woman. But I think that one of the things that has recently come up has been more about, just trying to understand the differences and why kind of bonding together as women makes it a little bit easier um, to face those challenges. Yeah, I agree. It's nothing against men, but you know, we are a diff from a different cookie cutter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, we have different, you know, needs too. You know, it's, it's a little bit more simple and easier for men. We women, we have more, you know, things that we we're going to need. So, um, there. So camo comes up first, and yes, that's. I mean, they we've got some great manufacturers out there now who are trying to tailor a little bit more to our needs. Um, but take it outside of camo, take it outside of clothing, take it outside of all that, but take it down to even the details of being out on camp. Um, take it to hiking in for days and days and days. And you yeah. have, I mean, truthfully, we have um, things that happen to our body that can't be controlled and can't be worked around and being exactly. able to talk to another woman yeah. about that. Hey, how do you handle this out there? How do you, a man cannot answer that question. Um, no. <laughs> and it can be very intimidating to be a woman walking in to a situation and be like, Oh my goodness, this has just happened. And I'm not quite sure how to prepare for a hunt 
with all of this going on or, um, I don't know. There's just, there's a whole lot that goes on that I'm sorry, man, you do not have the answers to. So having somebody (laughs) who can trailblaze through that, who has been there, who knows how to answer those questions and be able to say, Hey, can you give me that info? And they go, yeah, here's how you handle that. Um, yeah. And then you can pass it on to the next person that comes, the next woman that's coming right behind you. Um, yeah. But those aren't questions you can ask a man. And I don't think it's a question a man would want to be asked because they don't know the <laughs> no. answer. <laughs> no. Or just might be uncomfortable. It's like, you really just asked me that? Like, you're looking at you like, what did you just say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's... Not having, like, you and I and a lot of women, there are very few that I have talked to who have had a woman in their lives mentoring them from a very young age in hunting. It's amazing yeah. when I talk to those women. I I just, I sit on the edge of my seat and I crave. I'm like, oh, that would have I been know. awesome. <laughs> um, so finding... Finding people that are like-minded, finding women that are like-minded that you can have these conversations with, honestly, without social media, would not have been able to do it. I know. That's one thing about social media. It opens the windows to a lot of things. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's amazing to have, you know, groups of women and, you know, can different ways that you can communicate with each other and share different, you know, things that they do and what whoever else does and just keep helping each other and learning from each other. Yep. Yep. And it means, man, it means so much to knock on somebody's door, whether it's Instagram (laughs) or Facebook or email, whatever it is, throw a question out there and get a response of, Hey, this is that answer. Ask any question you want. If they don't have the answer, Hey, I know somebody I can ask that of. I will get back to you right away. And I think that we have found there are a lot of women out there that are so open to that. And I'm hoping that this podcast shows who those women are. Um, yeah. And I hope so too. Me too. I mean, it's, it is, <laughs> they can, I might not have all the answers, but I know who, who will and, uh, who yeah. might know that. I'm, I'm all about that too. If I don't know it, I'll either find some way or like you said, somebody that, you know, and, and wanting to help that somebody, you know, so. Yep. Oh man. It just, it means a lot. I think that we, we push, we're pushing these boundaries. We're pushing these lines just a little bit. Um, yes. and I'm excited about it. I'm super excited about it. I love that women are getting into this and they don't have to, but the women who want to, I just want that window open for them. Um, well, I want that door wide open so that they can just walk through. Yeah. yeah. Cause if you don't, even if you didn't grow up, you know, going out hunting, if you're just like a newcomer, if you, if it's what you want to do, I suggest do it. Don't, you know, there's so many different things or ways or people that can help and will teach and show and, it, it don't if you're don't hold back just if you're wanting to or thinking about it you can do it yep and it doesn't matter the question there are no stupid questions ask away ask away yeah um, ask, the more you the more you'll learn yes so. yes and the more you learn the more you can teach and it is exactly. a, an ongoing circle of mentorship of passing it on to that next generation, passing it on to somebody who's right behind you, passing it on to a kid, passing it on. Um, and it's such a gratification of, of a feeling when you, you do that to help somebody because it feels so good. You, you know, for me, I like helping people. I want to help, you know, there's a, it also takes our hunting to a different level when, you teach yes 
that's why I'm excited for my sister-in-law. <laughs> yes. I can't wait to hear about that. That's going to be, that's going to be so great. <laughs> it's going to be a good hunt. I, I'm really excited. It's November 1st. You can't come any We're supposed to Uh have this weekend is youth only in Tennessee. Our deer season opened up at the end of September, which like you guys, we were hot until probably two weeks ago. Um, And so we've been, it's archery hunting until Uh uh, mid-November sometime. But right now this weekend is youth only and we're supposed to get close to four and a half inches of rain. And so I think the only time we're going to be able to get out to hunt is cross our fingers, hopefully Sunday (laughs) evening for kids only. Um, Yeah, that's great. I love that they do it. They do it once in the fall. They do it once uh, right before the season ends in January. And I think it just opens it up to, I mean, some people are, well, I can't, I can't hunt this weekend. It's, the way I look at it is it takes you out of that seat and it allows you to teach and to, um, to focus on them 100%. And it's so great. I agree. Yeah. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're, we're excited. Hopefully Sunday we'll dry up. (laughs) I'm hoping for you guys. Um, Well, tell me, tell me a little bit about your year last year hunting. Um, How did it go last year? Last year was um, my mule deer hunt. And it was, you know, if you haven't ever experienced buck fever, (laughs) well, I don't know. I definitely get buck fever. So Mm -hmm. I had some options. Opportunities, you know, the, the area that I've been drawn for and I got drawn again for it this year is um, there's it's, there's a lot of good bucks in there and um, had some opportunities, but just weren't, you know, in the right favor. And so it just wasn't, you know, didn't happen. But there was one one of the days that just uh, it was where, you know, it's just right time at the right place. So. I took it. And so, yeah, I came out with a nice three by three mule deer. Really. Very nice. Really. Yeah. So it it, it just so much fun. And it's after that, it was just, it was that hunt. And then I went up North for cow elk hunt. And that one was, you know, a lot of work, but last day came and I was like kind of giving up hope. And I'm like, well, this is just, you know, okay, well, is it going to happen? And I guess we'll just go and load it up and go home. And, and then I was like, my brother's like, don't you think that way? And, you know, we're going to get this done. You, we got this day. This is, you know, not going to give up. And I'm like, okay, okay, let's do this. And that, yeah, we definitely did tagged out. And so it, persistence pays off. It just, it's just, you know, I think back to back hunts, it was, you know, the last day and I'm like, okay, this is just, I guess it's not going to happen. I'm like, but no, it, it was my brother that kind of gave me a little slap and just saying this, we're going to do this. This is going to happen. So, and it did, I just kind of had to change my attitude <laughs> and, and push. It, it I know I made it happen. And it, it, so it was, Oh, phenomenal hunts. It was just, again, you know, with just family and friends and it just, that means so much to me and makes it more, even just to harvest and be able to, you know, it's not about the trophy. For me, it's just the harvesting of it and providing, you know, because I enjoy the meat. But it's just the, the, the main part for me is just being with my family and my friends. That's really what makes it enjoyable. But, it take you know, being able to harvest a deer or whatever animal, it's, that's just like the ice, part of the icing on the cake. Yeah. I mean, that's the end, that's the end goal. That is the goal. Yeah. Um, yes. We enjoy all of the things that come up to it. And even if it doesn't happen, there's still a story to tell. There's still a lesson to learn. And there's still nature that has been admired and, um, and fought because sometimes you struggle through it. Um but it's it's all encompassing. It's the beginning to the end of it. Um, 
a complete story. Um, but that's exciting. I, hey, in, mm-hmm. in Arizona, so you hunted mule deer in Arizona. Um, yeah. Can you, can you shoot does? No. No. Okay. No. Yeah. Um, no, just, just, just bucks. Okay. We, uh, it's, it's a little bit foreign to me being an East coast hunter that, yeah. that there are, I mean, you're lucky to get a tag West coast. Um, really? if you're drawn, like you can draw for like you did, uh, you drew for, yeah. um, but here you get a license. You can shoot three doe a day and two bucks a season. Oh, wow. Yeah. I have to go to Tennessee. <laughs> come, on, come on over. Now that, of course, it does not mean that you're going to see all of that. And we definitely, nobody in Tennessee shoots three doe a day and two bucks a year. Um, there are people that tag out on bucks, yes. Um, but we're not going to shoot more than we can eat um, yeah. or donate. We yeah. Tennessee has a huge um, Hunters for the Hungry program, and we donate a lot of venison to that program. Um, yeah, nice. But, yeah, three dough a day. I mean, I was driving last night and had two huge bucks just walk right in front of my car. Um <gasps> They're, they're everywhere. They're urban. They're city. They're, it's, um, wow. it, so it, it's a little bit different than, um, Western, than hunting. Western hunting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, and you got different terrain for sure from Tennessee. Yes. So it's all, it's exciting. It's exciting to see. I love seeing all of the different, um, all of the different terrains from where people are hunting. I, I love to see the fight against the mountains and the rocks and the heat and, um, the and it, that stuff tears you up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I love hearing the stories. I love seeing the differences because it shows how each hunter is hunting differently, but how at the heart of it, each hunter has a commonality. Um, yeah. And that's heart. And it's just yes, exciting to connect with people who are hunting in a totally different way than I am. Yeah, exactly. It's exciting. It's very exciting. So you've got next weekend, a week from this weekend. Um, yeah, you've got. Um, you'll be hunting mule deer, and I have a bear tag too. Do you? Okay. Yeah. So hopefully again in November too, I'll make a weekend to get out there and hopefully get a bear. Well, I'll be following along for sure. <laughs> yeah. I'll be rooting you on and your no. sister-in-law. Thank you. I really, I can't yeah. wait to hear about it. And I'm, yeah. I can't wait to share it. Yes. <laughs> I'll be excited about it. Well, do me a yeah. favor and tell everybody, yeah. um, tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram. Instagram. Yes. It's, um, it, Camel Girl, nineteen seventy three, uh, and uh, and then on Facebook, I'm uh, Annie Gastelum. Yep, yep. Well, I have been blessed by our conversation, and um, Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate. I'm, I appreciate with you. Yes, <laughs> it has been great, and I. I appreciate your candor and your honesty and um, it means a lot to me. And I know that it will mean a lot to people who hear it. And I think it just brings a humanity level um, and a, a way that we can all connect. And it just, I appreciate the conversation. Yeah, I did too. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And you um, asking me to be a part of this and this growth that hopefully 
we see more women come in and know that not to be scared and we'll be all here to help you and root for you. Yes, we are all here to support and you can reach out to Annie at uh, on Instagram if you've got any questions and um, and to me if you've got any questions. And yeah, well, thank you, Annie. Thank you, Amy. You can follow Annie on Facebook. Uh, her name is Annie Gastelum, or you can follow her on Instagram, CamoGirl1973. Go give her a follow. Thank you for listening. Follow and tag us on Instagram at Western Contours. Jump on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbean. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down. Hey, everyone. This is Andrew with Sasquatch Fuel. If you're heading into the backcountry this season and you need some meals that don't bog you down, Check out SasquatchFuel.com. Our 100% compostable packaging was designed to combat litter in the backcountry. For more information on conservation in action, head to SasquatchFuel.com. Hey guys, enter code WESTERNCONTOURS at checkout and save a few bucks off your order.